0: Hey, welcome everybody! Happy Father's Day for the fathers in the room. Um, I pray that today has been an encouraging day, uh, full of crafts. If your kids are still small enough, of hand painted or handmade things, and whatever. Um, just uh, grateful for you. Um, we'll. I'll want to spend some time talking to the fathers here in a bit. Um, but a couple of things. Just today's going to be a little different. I say different. We've been. If if every week I start saying things are different, because a lot of times they have been different, if, if, at what point does it become normal? But this week, I guess a little different. Okay, instead of hearing one longer sermon from me, you're going to hear two smaller sermons. And everybody said amen, right? right? Um, you're going to hear two smaller sermons. The first is going to come from Brian Whitaker. So Brian... Um, He's going to talk about World Vision, clearly. If you haven't figured that out, there's a few people who didn't accidentally just all wear the same shirt. And so Brian's going to talk about World Vision. But Brian also uh, is a part of a group that meets on Saturday morning, and I've shared a little bit about this before, but this group is just a group of leaders who said, you know what, I feel called to preach, I feel called to lead, I feel called to do some of these things. And I feel it's part of my calling and the calling of the church to equip the those leaders, and to equip everybody, but specifically those leaders for those callings, and some something unique. And so, we've been working on some preaching stuff, and Brian's a part of that. And so when he, um, we talked about just talking about world vision, um, he came to me and he said, "Hey man, this passage of scripture I think would be really just helpful. Would you consider preaching it on that day? That would really help my me kind of make my point with world vision." And I said, "You're right. That would help make your point with world vision, but I'm not going to do it. You're going to do it." And he was driving, and you know, I'm glad he stayed on the road, and because then immediately got nervous and like butterflies and all those things. And uh, but in the last couple of weeks, Brian has been preparing, and so without further ado, would y'all just give Brian a warm welcome? And uh, I'm just gonna hand it over to you, buddy.
1: Woo! Hey, everybody. This was easier in your basement. (laughs) I'm telling you, it was a lot easier in your basement. Oh, I was practicing in the basement the other day. Sorry about that. Had a makeshift podium with a cardboard box. But uh, you know what? One would think you would be really, really nervous, right? But I was talking to Eli before, and I'm like, if I had to come up here and explain to you that 2 plus 2 equals 4 would be really easy, and I'd be really passionate about it, right? Because I believe it, and we know it's true. But I'm going to try and not stare at my notes, because then you get into that monotone mode and it's not going to be as believable, but this is from my heart. I'm standing up here today because of my true love, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is saved. My Savior. Like, Jesus saved my life. So, uh, yes, I did talk to Pastor Jonathan about preaching this, and I said, hey, I think you'd be great at it. He's like, no, dude. All about you. So, let, let's, let's do this. You know, I thought I'd be more nervous, but it's, uh, I just know the Holy Spirit's in the room today. And, um, so, first of all, happy Father's Day to all the fathers in the, in the house today. Um, I was just curious uh, this morning when everybody was in morning prayer, because I know we all do that, right? Um, I, was one- I was wondering if everybody remembered to, uh, to say Happy Father's Day to our father, like the one true father that we have. My father passed away last year, so you know, we, Grace and I literally, my wife literally uh, wished Happy Father's Day to the Lord. Um, now standing here in front of you, I've been striving to learn and to be taught so that I can teach and preach the Word of God accurately. I'm always striving. I'm always trying to figure out, like, how do we do it better? Because, you know, my mind wanders. I can have ADD at times. Tim, stop laughing at that. Um, and I've been praying a lot about it. And it's so cool that I talked to Charles last night, wherever Charles is in here. And I was saying, like, one of, the, one of the prayers that I've been using lately is simply that song, John Mark Hall's version cast from Casting Crowns. Woo-hoo. Uh, he in one In the version of his song, he says, will you pray this with me? Like, will you pray these lyrics with me? So that's really been like my prayer lately, besides the obvious. Like, you know, matter of fact, let, let us pray right now. We Bow, bow our heads with me, please. Father God, we just love you so much, and we come to you so humbly today, Lord. Lord, just help us uh, to open up our hearts, soften our hearts, uh, Lord God. Happy Father's Day to the one true Father. Lord Jesus, our Savior, we love you. We love following you. We want to lay our da- lives down to you. And you know what, Holy Spirit, we're praying you in today. We want to pray to you, Holy Spirit, so that this message comes across, so that we get to the bottom of the scripture for what it's really all about. So here's my heart, Lord. Here's my heart, Lord. Here's our hearts, Lord. Speak what is true in Jesus' name, Amen. So, you know, in these prayers that I've been, I've been um, like very intentional, uh, and God's been revealing some things to me. Um, I realize I've been doing things, a lot of things, wrong my whole life. Um, I'm kind of guilty of, of uh, I kind of use the Bible as a self-help book at some times. You know? uh, I could be Googling different subjects like jealousy and anger and happiness and one of the Mets going to win the world series and all that. Ironically, that's not in there. But um, So, so we, we, we did choose a scripture that I um, want to pick apart tonight. It's called The Parable of the Rich Fool. Um, I thought it was really amazing because because of my old bad habits of how I read scripture, I was reading it a certain way and I was reading it the wrong way. So, I mean, I can't stop smiling because I can just totally feel the Holy Spirit in the room tonight. And I just, like, I'm preaching in front of everybody that you guys are all my friends. And if we're not friends, it's just because we haven't met yet. So we're going to pick this apart. Holy Spirit's going to let us get to the bottom of it. Uh, Evan, could you cue up the scripture, please? Luke 12, uh, verses 16 through 21. You guys all have a Bible right in front of you. Can someone tell me what page it's on so we can all, uh anybody? 871 in the black hardback Bible. It's an ESV version. So the parable of the rich fool. And he told them a parable saying, the land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, larger ones. There I will store all my grains and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have ample goods laid up for many years relax, eat, drink, be merry. God said to him, fool, this night your soul is required of you, and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. This is the word of the Lord. So let's make a couple of observations here. Um, If we could bring it back to the beginning of it. couple of things that we notice here is you know this guy is doing pretty well, you know I don't know what the going rate on a barn is, um, even in this day and age i'm sure barns are expensive, but this guy had barns he had plural barns,
2: he had grains
1: and he had goods I'm assuming he had goods there, he had goods here he had a, he had goods everywhere he's doing really well um, but the uh, you know I, I'm kind of guilty of what this guy does here because uh, we were talking about storing up goods and treasures and and, and not considering other people that may need things, where so I did a count, I have 44 jackets and sweatshirts at our place over here, not counting our out apartment. I mean, I don't even know how that happened, but and I'm starting to read the scripture, and I'm like, man, I'm just as guilty as this guy. I have so many pairs of running shoes because I just like buying them, and it's terrible. So what I wanted to preach this to kind of talk to everybody else here about storing up treasures and not storing up our riches in God that I found out that I'm doing the same exact thing. Like, I only have one body. What do I need 44 jackets for? What do I need so many pairs of running shoes? I mean, literally, I could like, shoe a centipede. We actually had a centipede at a community group. And I had to evict him, or else Moo wasn't going to come. But that's another story. Um, Everyone's in a community group, right? Just want to make sure. Um, But there's another important uh, observation that I want you guys to make here, is that not only did this guy not consider poor people, or not, did he even say like, hey, what am I going to do with all this stuff? Who can I help? He didn't even think of like, hey, God gave me this stuff. He didn't say, wow, look at this blessing. God's blessed me so abundantly. What can I do? Who can I help? It didn't even cross his mind. He was so self-centered and so caught up in what I can do with my life that he didn't even consider uh, the Lord. So, let's go to verse 19. Verse 19, and this guy says, In the parable, I will say to my soul, Soul, you have ample goods. Many years, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. You know, I had to look up exactly what soul, um, like soul, it it was the intellectual or spiritual part of a human being. So this guy has pretty much sold the soul to store up all these goods and never once thought about God. So emotional, intellectual, spiritual part of a human. And, um, there's a real serious side to this that's coming up next. The sad point is, is that this guy who's storing up all these goods, he's going to wreck his barns, he's going to build bigger ones, and he's going to relax and do nothing. I think this is like biblical uh, retirement. This is how they did it. Like, I got a lot of grains, man. I got five barns filled, and I guess that's like his pension. But uh, he's never going to get to live to see those barns. He's not going to oversee the construction of his new ones, nor the demolition of his old ones. He's not going to drink he's not going to eat he's not going to be merry. why let's go to verse 20 please god said to him fool this night your soul is required of you and the things you have prepared well who's will they be that's calling him a fool here i like to define things because fool seems like such a word that everybody knows the definition of but it says someone that is unwise and doesn't know the truth and it makes me beg the question of everybody here Do you guys know the truth about Jesus Christ? Are you storing up treasures for our time here, or are we thinking that this guy in this parable he didn't know that God was gonna take his life that night? He was maybe just kind of laid back, like he wasn't even thinking about. Like, did he not know Jesus? I don't know. It's a parable. Did he? Did he not? He didn't know God was coming. Obviously, so he's got all these riches and all these goods, and then life's over. Now what? Where are they going? Who's gonna use them? Right. So we also think that fool may have been like the first biblical, like that was biblical jargon for really? God's like, really dude? Are you serious? That's what you're going to do with all your goods? So friends, I always wanted to say that here, friends, Um, (laughs) I love it. Uh, I just also want you to understand one point before we go any further. That uh, the Bible doesn't say the money is the root of all evil. In First Timothy 6:10, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, God does bless us abundantly, but what we do with these blessings, they're blessings, so they're, they're gifts. So can a blessing be a gift? So if God gives you a gift. What we do with it is a direct, a direct gift back to God. God gives me money. Well, I gotta share it because there's people that have no money. God has blessed us with a beautiful vehicle, and I'm the first one. Hey, you need a ride? Let's go. Where we going? Brooklyn? Where are we going? You gotta, you gotta, you gotta bless other people with the, with the gifts that we're given. And um, here's a, here's a really strong uh, saying I heard somebody say. We went to another church. Uh, it wasn't like that, dude. We were just doing something at another church. Um, <laughs> and Pastor Corey from Shelter Rock Church says, "Consider this: your generosity is somebody's prayer answered. Your generosity is somebody's prayer answered." And I really want you to think about that because I know I've prayed many times for things struggling financially, health-wise, and because of somebody's generosity, or somebody's gifts, or somebody using their gift as a gift to others uh, was, was a prayer answer for me. I really want you to consider that. This is going to bring us to another part of today. Now, these aren't separate. These are not compartmentalized. They're all one. But um, <laughs> Man, I could use some clean water right now. We got any water? Oh, you got clean drink of water? Yeah, dude, I would love some clean drink of water, man. Thanks. Maybe you can open that for me. I only got one hand. All right. Oh, man, thanks, dude. Woo, clean drink of water. Hmm. got my mom laughing. It's got to be good. She don't laugh at any of my jokes. <laughs> so it's bringing us to, 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 a, to a different part of our sermon here. We're going to title them. and we're going to go nuts, and we're going to figure this all out together. Oh, man, this is great. So what if I told you, like, this bottle of water right here, okay? My little brother Tim, that's my little bro right there, um, obviously this was just a skit, I wasn't choking. I'm feeling pretty good today. What if I told you that there are nations in this world that have no clean drink of water? Or what if I told you that people were literally dying because they have no clean drink of water? That's part of another reason why I'm here today. Because not only am I passionate about what, you know, just coming here and doing this today, but there's also people dying that we know about in these nations that Team World Vision serve. So I work for Team World Vision on a volunteer basis. A lot of you know us, but if you don't know us, what we do is we run marathons. Uh, don't run out the door, OK? Just, just, just wait. Let me finish, OK? We run marathons, and we raise money and provide clean drink of water for some of the poorest people in this world. So today, I'm going to ask you guys to do something crazy. Would you consider running a half marathon with me? I know there's a lot of people that have ran, and I, I know there's other people out there that run. And uh, <laughs> I'm looking at you guys. Um, but I'm also going to ask you to consider helping me solve the clean drinking water crisis in our lifetime today. And we're going to talk more about it. A little bit about, about myself with World Vision. A couple of years ago, Pastor Andy had asked me to do him a favor. I said yes. I should have asked what first. I'm an electrician. I thought he wanted an outlet put in over here, or maybe a ceiling fan, or whatever it was. I said yes. And then he says, you're running a half marathon. And I was like, really, dude? You know. Um, and then he says, you're the captain. I had no idea what I was doing, no idea, but I knew it was a call. It was a call to obedience. I didn't want to end up like Jonah and a fish, so I said yes. So fast forward, we start running. We really don't know what we're doing. None of us really know. Everybody was a first timer, but the Lord put all the information and put everything that we need in our path to figure out how to help these people. And I think the first year we ended up saving like 400 lives or something like that statistically with clean drinking water. Now, it was hard to find a, a running partner in my age bracket. And not only that, that was super reliable. So my running partner, Grace, right there, Grace Whitaker. So I actually met my wife in this ministry. And uh, so now I'm not telling you, all your young folks in here, I'm not saying you're going to meet your husband or your wife here. I can't promise you that. But things really happen. Ironically, things come totally full circle because it's also our first year anniversary today. And so let me just give some flowers to my honey. (laughs) We are filled with surprises today. I love it. (laughs) I'm so passionate about this. But um, I'd like to watch. uh, You guys like movies? I like movies, don't we all like movies? So we actually have a a quick short film to watch. Evan, if you could uh, just queue that up, appreciate it. Guys, please watch this and listen to all the words. These are not just actors, we know them. Who wants to go running? Tim wants to go running? Good man. So, you know, I, I don't want you guys to be scared when we talk about this, because everybody that ran three years ago, it was their first time, and everybody that started that they crossed the finish line, and I see some orange jerseys out here, and if uh, you guys mind standing up real quick, I'm sorry to call you out. Nigel, you could stand up too, even whether you have your jersey on or not. Would you guys just stand up? Come on, don't be shy. So everybody that ran, well, um, did you guys have your first like sanctioned run through this ministry? Yeah, did you all finish? Are you glad you did it? All right, cool. How about a little round of applause? i got to finish this off. All right, see, so none of us are professional runners. God cares about your availability, not your ability. So none of us are professional runners. We all have nine to five jobs. Um, We have training from couch to finish line. Not like Gracie says, couch to potato. No, couch to finish line. And uh, you got probably got two voices in your head right now. One of them is like, "Oh, this this movie this is for the person next to me." Or well, the other one is saying, "Like, hey, you know what? I'd like to know more about this." That's why we're going to have an info session right after this. We're going to answer all of your questions. We're going to be right here, row C, seat one, where I've been sitting for like a long time, right? And um, except for today, ironically, uh, and come up here with your questions and your concerns, and let's talk about doing this. I mean, it's such a great ministry. And especially if you're a little idle and you're like, what's next for me? I'm kind of like not doing much and there's got to be something more. We can make disciples through this ministry and that's what it's all about. It's all about Jesus. The running, yeah, it's a great running. We eat lots of Oreos and bananas and we have fun, but it's all about the Lord and you will strengthen your walk with the Lord. But I just want to keep going and start wrapping this up. Uh, Remember, the info session is right here. Is your legacy going to be that mommy and daddy saved kids' lives in Africa, or is it going to be like mommy and daddy said, no, sorry, I'm going there? Because it's that serious. You guys can take the longest walk you've ever taken right down here to right here and come talk to us about it. Just by showing up, there's no commitment. But we'd love to have your questions and uh, uh, really bring them because we have answers for them. Before we start wrapping this up, I want you guys to remember that I I said that I've been praying a lot and God's been revealing stuff to me about maybe that I've been reading the Bible wrong and maybe even teaching it wrong in in, in some ways. And um, so I needed what's called, it's real fancy, a paradigm shift. Paradigm is a real fancy word for point of view or perspective. You know, I always liked that word. I always wanted to use it and I did. I just did. Um, So I want to show you guys... How easy it is to change your shift on something. I had to change my shift of how I read the Bible, that there's actually a right way to do it. Um, so, we're going to play a little game here. We like games. Um, so, I just want to you're waiting for the Q46 bus over here on Union Turnpike, okay? And there's a blind man waiting there. I'm going to shift your attention. Watch how easy we could do this. Now, the blind man gets on the bus, there's no seats, there's nothing. This guy, the bus is rocking around. Somebody says, hey, sir, would you like to have my seat? The blind man sits down. And everything's good. That would seem like a good deed, right? Would you all say that was a good deed? Yeah, right? What if the guy that gave up his seat was a bus driver? Is it still a good deed? That one little tiny piece of the story just changed the whole entire shift and the whole entire meaning. I gave you most of the story, and that one little chunk completely changed it. And the reason I'm saying that, because there's a much more powerful part of this sermon. Uh, It's not generosity and not storing up treasure. That's secondary. That's part of it. But I want you to see how easy it is for me to change your, your angle in that story. And I want you to see what we may have missed, because I missed it the first time when reading the scripture. So Evan, could you cue up the last verse, please? 21. OK. I'm going to do this without tripping. Right here. I flew right past it when I read it the first time. Rich towards God. God. Jesus is God, right? Rich towards Jesus. If somebody's drowning in the East River, and a person that jumps in and saves them from drowning, we call them something. The fireman that climbs up the tree, takes the cat, gives it back to the little kid, we call him something, right? How about the fire? Some guy climbs up a ladder in Inferno, grabs a little baby, hands it back to mom. What do we call these people? Heroes, right? Lifesavers. What if I told you, Polygraph me. I always tell people, polygraph me. What if I told you Jesus saved my life? And that's why I'm up here today. There's something way greater than World Vision, way greater than this, way, way greater than me, definitely. And his name is Jesus Christ. And that's why I'm up here today. I want you to be rich in the Lord. But what does being rich in the Lord really mean? For me, it's a relationship. It's this intimate walk, this daily walk, surrendering my life every single day. Where, to me, Jesus is no longer like a picture or a statue. It's a relationship. He's right here. Jesus has completely transformed my life. Where I was running on self-will for so long, self-destructing, just one trapdoor after another, trapdoor, trapdoor, going lower and lower, lower, running around like this, trying to figure life out. Like the song says, chasing my tail and not knowing where I'm going. And all I had to do was give my life to the Lord. You know, my mom's here tonight. I don't want to call you out, Mom, but... um, the Lord had to work me from the inside out, because at one point in my life, I was a wreck. I was a train wreck. I was going in all the wrong directions, looking for all the wrong friends in the wrong places, and I was in, in a bad way, to the point where I think my mom almost didn't want to talk to me anymore. It's only the day that I accepted Jesus and found out that somebody really loved me the way that Jesus does, and that all my shame could be taken away from me, and that he's already gone to the cross. He's paid the debt that I realized that I could have this rich, rich relationship with my lord and and like i I get so emotional just talking about it and i want you guys to feel what i feel i want you to feel what i feel in my heart every day when i wake up and i pray to jesus with my wife and say lord here's my heart lord here's my heart take my heart world vision's awesome the parable's awesome being rich towards god is way better we're gonna start closing this up i probably said that like three times you know but you know the heartfelt relationship that i have with lord gets me out of bed every day. And I love teaching people. I love having community group. I love having fellowship. I got little brothers and sisters all over the place because of the Lord. <sighs> Remember that song that we were talking about what Charles sang before? Uh, we talked about that last night because I told him how powerful it was for me. And um, the, one part of the one part of the song where he talks about here's my life, Lord. In the beginning, I talked to you about here's my heart, Lord. I want you to start praying this in your, in your daily prayers, and especially the part about here's my life, because giving your life, give your heart's awesome, but give your whole entire life is even better. And when we go back, when we, I don't play instruments, when they go back and play that song, I'd invite everybody to pray it and not just sing it. So in closing, I, uh, I really appreciate all of you listening to me today. I hope you can feel a little bit of my enthusiasm about my love for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's as real as it gets. Hook me up to the polygraph. I'll pass. And my my happy place would be, when we talk afterwards, I think from a human standpoint, yeah, I would love to hear a great sermon, great sermon. But I would really delight if you said, what a great Savior we have. That would just make me know that I did a good job. Bow our heads and pray. Father God, we just love you so much. Me, personally, I thank you for this opportunity to preach and teach and talk about you to my friends and my family, Lord God. Lord God, here's our hearts here's our hearts, Lord. Where are we prideful? Where are we just chasing our tails? We just want to think outside the box, Father God. We don't want to be on the sideline. We don't want to be fans. We want to be in this race, Lord. If there's somebody here today that's thinking about giving their life to the Lord, Lord God, would you send them in my direction? Would you send them in one of the pastors' directions? Would you send them to one of the deacons or the person to the left or right of them, Lord? We'd be glad to talk to them. Holy Spirit, we just thank you for what you've given us today. Lord Jesus, thank you for saving us. Abba, God, happy Father's Day. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.